You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. All right, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and find Ephesians chapter 4. Or if you've got an app on your phone, you can find it as well. And just mark it, we're going to get to it. And if you're wondering why we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, it's all Ebony's fault. So uh, I don't know where Ebony went. She's not sitting at the computer back there, but it's all Ebony's fault. Because I told her, I'm not going to uh, write part 3 of Why Church until I hear part 2. So I'm going to wait and hear what you have to say for part 2. And then I'm going to build off uh, whatever you have to say. And she said something last week that I thought was uh, very profound. And what she did was she gave language to something that I've been trying to figure out. Like, I know I've been feeling it and experiencing it, but I didn't have any language for it. I I just didn't know how. I know that this church has experienced it. I know that every church experiences it on some level. And I just, there wasn't a, I didn't have any way to describe it. But I knew what I was feeling, and, and she defined it for me. Last week, she defined it with a term that uh, she coined called spiritual obesity. If you guys were here last week or remember that, she talked about spiritual obesity. And it was in the context of somebody that had called her asking for some advice. And they were basically asking the question of like, hey, will I ever find a church that meets all my needs? And it's because they were kind of frustrated with the search for, for a good church. And it was like, you know, I've been watching all this stuff online. And there's all these great pastors online and all this great Christian teaching online. And I just can't find a local pastor that teaches like that. Like, I just can't find any teaching like that. And so, and if I do find it, if I find somebody that teaches that well, well, then I, you know, I don't like the style of worship. Or if I like the style of worship, I don't like the children's ministry. If I like the children's ministry, I don't like the student ministry. And I'm mean, like, will I ever find a church? That meets all of my needs. And Ebony told her, uh, no, you won't. And I was fully expecting her to then explain, like, well, that's because no church is perfect. And every church has its strengths and weaknesses. And you just got to be patient with them. But what she said was, no, you won't find it because you're suffering from something called spiritual obesity. Which she defined as the need to consume information about Christ without the conviction to do anything with the information. Ouch. <laughs> like I was like, don't call Ebony to complain about church. You know, unless you want to hear the truth. Because what I, she's that's true. A lot of the time our discontent with something in the church it, it, it rests on us. Like we're the ones creating the discontent. Not always, but a lot of times we're the ones creating the discontent. And as she talked about this concept of spiritual obesity. Well, the first thing I did was I messaged her and was like, where'd you get that? Like, what book do you read that out of? And she's she like, I came up with it. And I was like, well, you need to write a book. Uh, because this is, this is, I feel this and I experience this. And it's not just, she said it leads to discontent. It doesn't just lead to discontent. It also leads to consumerism and individualism. It's all eating and no exercising. And that's, uh, I've experienced that and felt that in the church today. And I understand, okay, I understand eating's important. I get that. I understand, like, we, gotta, we, need, to, we need to be studying God's word. We need to grow in our knowledge of the Lord. Uh, you know, good Christian teaching is important. 
But as I look at the church today, especially with people who have been in church for a long time. So if you haven't been in church for a long time, I'm probably not talking to you today. I'm sorry. You, you're welcome to sit in and listen. I'm, I'm talking more to folks who have been in the church for a long time. Folks that have been Christians for a long time. And among that group of people, I don't think we have a hunger problem in the church. I think we have an overindulgence problem in the church. Okay, if you want to consume Christian content, you could not be alive at a better time in the history of the church. Because Christian content, is, it's ever. I mean, you can listen. Right now, if you're watching online, you can jump off our live stream. Please don't. But you can. You go listen to the best pastors in the world. You can listen to, to, to all kind of Christian teachers. There's all kind of YouTube channels with all of these pastors and teachers and Bible teaching. There's, there's Bible apps and there's devotional apps and there's books and there's workbooks. I mean... There's a ton of Christian content out there. Every church is putting out Christian content. Every university is putting it out. I mean, if you're hungry for spiritual food, it's everywhere. There is an endless buffet of Christian food available for you. But I think some of us probably need to push back from the buffet table and start hitting the gym. Okay, because if all we do is eat and never exercise... That leads to unhealth. And that's the Bible says that itself. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So, I mean, yeah, knowledge is important, and we, we definitely want knowledge, and we definitely want study, and all those things. But, but if all we get is knowledge, and we don't actually put that into practice, then we're not building up. We're just puffing up our ego. Uh, Bible says faith without works is dead. The Bible says, and I think Ebony read this one last week, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So I, I want to give you a, a symptom of this. Okay? And I, I'm hesitant to do this because it's going to step on toes. And that's not my intent. Uh, well, maybe that is my intent. But I hate stepping on people's toes. You know, it's not, no fun because, you know, nobody likes their toes stepped on. I'm going to step on my own toes. Because I want to give you a symptom, like if you're struggling, like, you know, am I possibly struggling with this problem of all eating and no exercising? Or am I possibly struggling with spiritual obesity? I'll give you a symptom of spiritual obesity. And I've said this before. That's why I say I'm stepping on my own toes. I've said this before. But one of the symptoms, I think, is when we start to say things like, I'm just not being fed. Like, I'm just not, and we've all heard Christians say this, you, you, some of you are smiling because you've said it, right? You know, I'm just not being fed. I just need more, more teaching. I need more content. I need more depth. I just need, I need, I need to be fed more. And, and you can hear when we say that. I mean, there, there's some of that like, yeah, we do need to be fed. I get that. But when we say that, there's a, there's a tinge of consumerism in it because we're just looking for the best food. You know, I just need the best food out there. And there's a, there's a tinge of individualism in there because it's all about, like, I just need to find, like Ebony's friend was talking about, I just need to find a church that best meets my needs. Like, which one best meets my needs? And, and you know, it, it takes care of me. And I understand that. Again, you know, eating's important. But the great emphasis of the New Testament, in my opinion, is on moving. It's on exercising our faith. Not just consuming content, but on exercising our faith. And the great emphasis of the New Testament is on meeting the needs of others. 
So I, I wonder what it would look like to actually flip that around. And instead of us, and, and churches have contributed to this. I'm, this is not like a making people feel guilty. Like, you know, pastors and churches have contributed into, you know, we just want to, we want to have the best buffet available here. And we want to have the all-you-can-eat buffet available and, and just try to meet every possible need and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm saying, like, what if we flipped it around instead? Instead of going to a church that best meets my needs or best meets my children's needs or best meets my student ministry needs or best, you know, has the best style of worship that I like or whatever, instead of choosing a church based on that, what if we chose a church based on where can I best serve? Like where can I best meet the needs of other people? Where could I best do good? Where could I best exercise um, my faith? Where can I best make a difference on the people around me? In other words, this is the way I wrote it. What if we stopped seeing church as the golden corral and started seeing it like Planet Fitness? Okay, golden corral is all you can eat and you will make yourself sick when you go there, but they got everything you possibly want. Planet Fitness is a place you go to move. And yeah, they feed you sometimes. I mean, Planet right? I'm not a member of Planet Fitness, but they have pizza night sometimes, right? So they feed you sometimes, but you don't go there to eat. You go there to move. And that's where I think we got to start thinking of the church. Like, yeah, if you come to church, you're going to get fed, but you don't go there to eat. You go there to move. You go there to serve. You go there to exercise your faith. And that's not my opinion. I'm just sharing. That's actually the way that the New Testament lays it out. So Ephesians chapter 4, take a look. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. Paul is talking about the church. And he says, Christ gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And so it's, it's very simple. What, what Paul says here in this, just this two verses here, he says, Christ gave these, these Christian leaders in some way, and, and he gave them for a specific purpose. So you look at that and you try to break it down. You say, what is the role of God's people? What is our role? Our role is not to be consumers of content. Like our role is not just to sit and eat. Our role is not just to be fed spiritually. Our role is to do works of service. That's, uh, we're called to serve, to do works of service. And then you flip it around and say, what is the role of God's leaders? And the role of God's leaders is not just to be producers of content. It's not just to be good teachers. It's not just to plan events. It's the, the role of God's leaders is to equip God's people for works of service. The, every member is a minister. I think one of the, the downfalls, and I, I'm listening to a book on church history right now, and it's talking about like the development of the professional clergy and I'm a member of the professional clergy. You know, people that get paid full-time just to do ministry. And it, it, it's, it's a good thing for the church in that it allows people, it frees up my time to devote 100% of my time to doing ministry and leading the church and those things because I don't have to go get another job to produce income. And so that's kind of the idea behind it. But it also creates this mindset of like, well, the ministers, they're the ones that are paid to do the ministry. And so the ministers are, are the paid servants. So you're paid to serve. And so it, I'm paying you to serve, and it's my job to be served. And that, that it's easy for that mindset to set in, and that's not at all what the role of a minister is. That's not at all what the role of a pastor is. The role of a pastor is to equip God's people 
for works of service. Like if I think about Scott's role at this church, his, not, his role at this church is not to come up with some songs on Sunday morning and play the guitar. His role at this church is to pastor the people in his care, to pastor this, this band and, and worship team, to pastor the tech team, to pastor people. Like he's, he's trying to equip people for works of service so they can use their gifts and talents to serve others and to build up the body of Christ. Like Tammy, we say, well, what's the role of Tammy? She's our children's minister. You know, her, her job is uh, cutting out arts and crafts and making worship bags for kids and coming up with curriculum on Sunday morning, and that, that's what her job is. No, her job is to pastor a group of people. Part of her people she's pastoring includes children and she's building up the next generation of faith but another part of the people she's pastoring includes volunteers in that children's ministry who are using their gifts and talents to help build up that next generation of faith and that's her like we, we say well well we're you know tammy she we're we're paying her to do that now we're paying her to, to free up her time so that she can pastor people so that she can equip people I mean, if the church really embraces this, this is something we as a staff are talking about at Murray Hills. Right now. Man, if we can really shift our way of thinking about this, that, that as, as a ministry staff, your job is not to do tasks. Your job is to lead people. Your job is to pastor people, to equip people. Because if all people start serving, instead of having 10 people serving and doing ministry and doing works of service, you got 800 people serving and doing ministry and doing works of service. And can you imagine the impact that we get to have on our community when you immobilize an entire group of Christians to do good for others and to do good in this community? What happens when that happens? Well, he says right there, the body of Christ may be built up. That's what happens. And then keep reading there. Look at this. He says, uh, verse 13, until... We all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The result, like if all God's people start serving, if we, if we mobilize and people actually say, hey, my, my participation in this church, my job at this church is not just to come and sit and listen. My job at this church is not just to come and sit and consume. My job at this church is to give back in some way. Whether that's giving back to a ministry of this church, like children's ministry or worship ministry, or whether that's giving back in the community somewhere. Whether it's mentoring somebody through Pay Grace Forward, or getting involved through Habitat for Humanity, or, or just whatever it looks like. My job is to, is to serve. When that happens, two things happen. Number one, the church matures. And number two, the church unites. Like that, that's the, you, you want to know how to grow a church? We say, well, you grow a church with good Bible teaching. No. Nope. You grow a church with quality worship. No. Nope. No. Nope. You grow a church with more Bible class. No. Nope. You grow a church with more service. And I'm not talking about numerically grow a church. I'm talking about spiritually grow a church. We grow spiritually when we serve others because Jesus set the example for us. Jesus said, I did not come to be served but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. So our example of discipleship is Jesus. And we come to serve. And when we serve, we grow up. If we're not serving, we don't grow. We get, we get spiritually immature. We get bloated. Uh, we get, as Ebony would call it, spiritually obese. You know, we need to, uh, yep, eating's good. But man, we need to use what we're eating to serve others. Like the, the energy, we've got we to use that in some way. And so when we serve, we grow up. But the other thing that I love about that is that when we serve, we become united. And I think that I see that, man, we desperately need that in the church today. And I'm talking about the church universal. When we serve, we become united. Let me continue here. Verse 14. 
He says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. It's like he, he wrote it for Facebook <laughs> or, or Twitter or Parler or whatever. He wrote it for us because we're constantly hearing these voices, you know, follow us, follow us. This is the way, this is the way. And, and he says, if, if, we would just, if we would just start to do works of service and grow up into the body of Christ, we'll no longer be tossed back and forth by all of those things. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Now, Christ is the head of the church. Not, I'm not the head of this church. Our elders are not the head of this church. Christ is the head of the church. And as we serve, we grow up into him. It's because we become more like him. That's one, that's one of the purposes of Christian discipleship is to become more like Christ. And we become more like Christ by serving from him, Jesus. The whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I think that, that ultimately this is why we need church. Not just because we need each other, not just because we need discipleship, not just because we need inspiration and accountability and encouragement and focus and all the things that we said at the beginning of the series. That ultimately, I need church. Because I need a place to exercise my faith. And, and no, you don't need a building to do it. But you do need a people. We need a, we need a group of people to do that with. To do that together with. Because honestly, there's going to be some days I don't feel like serving. And there's going to be some days that I'm being a little selfish. And there's going to be some days that my ego gets a little out there. You know, there's going to there's be some days that I need a brother and sister to say, Hey, that's not what we're about. Or hey, we need to be focused on Christ. Hey, don't get, don't get caught up in all that political stuff. That, that's not us. Don't, don't follow that. We've got to focus on Christ. Don't, don't start arguing over that petty stuff about church doctrine. We've got to focus on Christ. Like We need that community of people that are doing that, are encouraging us and holding us accountable and keeping us focused. And when the body of Christ works together to serve, we can do incredible things. If you look throughout history, through, through every, that's one of the things with this church history book I'm just blown away by, hospitals, universities, uh, orphanages, every great social movement in the history of our country has largely been fueled by Christians. When a body of Christians comes together and starts serving and says, hey, there's a need, let's see if we can meet it. Hey, there's an injustice, let's see if we can correct it. When the, when the church comes together and starts doing that, great things happen. Incredible things happen. And the most incredible thing that happens is... The church becomes more mature, and the church becomes more united. Maybe it becomes more united because it just doesn't have time to fuss about all that stuff. It's too busy serving. <laughs> but the church becomes more mature, and the church becomes more united, and most importantly, the church becomes more Christ-like. The, the song we sang, the second song today that we sang during communion, it has been on my mind all week. And, and like I said, one of the reasons we take communion uh, at this church is, is to, to express unity, but also to remind us of why we come, like why we're here. It's death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's what's most important to us, and that, that's, that's who's most important to us. But that song, if you listen to the lyrics, is part apology and part uh, call to action. And the apology is like, I'm sorry, 
I'm sorry for coming with my agenda. And I think that speaks directly to what Ebony talked about with spiritual obesity. Coming with my agenda and coming with my needs. I'm sorry for um, just going through the motions. I'm sorry for just singing another song. I'm sorry for just, you know, making it another Sunday. But the call to action is the, I just want, I just want to make this about you, Jesus. Take me back to where we started. Open up my heart to you. I'm not here for blessings. That's the most powerful line in the song. I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I just want you. I just want you. And uh, my, my prayer for us as a church, and you're going to hear a lot of this in February, March, so just get ready. All right? We would pursue Christ alone. And we would lift him up as the head of this church and as the king of our kingdom. Because we don't follow earthly kings. We don't follow earthly kingdoms. They're temporary. They won't last. Most of them last no more than eight years in our context. They don't last. We follow Christ alone. And that will be our emphasis. And if that is our emphasis, we will grow up as a church and we will unite as a church. So I asked the team to come back out and, and lead us in this song. Let me just say a word of prayer so they can get set up. And I want to invite you, let's stand together as I pray. Stand together and we're going to sing this song together. Father, we need the reminder in your word. We need the reminder from Ephesians 4 that we didn't build this church. John Wesley didn't build a church. John Calvin didn't build a church. You go back all through church history, all these great names. Paul didn't build a church. Peter, you built the church. You established the foundation. And the church represents the body of Christ. And as we come into the body of Christ, every part has work to do. And when every part is working and moving and exercising our faith, then we start to grow spiritually. And we start to become a place that other people want to be involved. Like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of making a difference in our community. I, I mean, I want to be a part of doing good. I want to be a part of meeting needs. I want to be a part of correcting injustices. And Father, the only way we can do that is if we resist the temptation to get distracted. Whether it's church doctrines, whether it's politics, whether it's social media, whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC, we resist the temptation to get distracted. And we focus on you alone. We seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto us. And so, Father, I pray that, that this song that we sing to close out our service this morning, that is our, that's our prayer. It's not just a song we sing, it's a prayer that we just want you. And we want you to be high and lifted up in this place and in our lives. And we know that when we do that, when we do that, we grow and we unite. So Father, forgive us for coming with our agendas. Forgive us for just going through the motions. Forgive us for sometimes being selfish sometimes letting our egos get in the way and we humble ourselves and we come simply to you and your son Jesus
It's in his name I pray these things. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.